I want to begin by just saying to you that summer Bible study will start on June the 1st, and it will go six consecutive Tuesdays. We are taking our family vacation between summer Bible studies, and so if you haven't planned yours yet, do it. It is Journey to a Restored Soul. I wrote the book, and we have sold over half of them already. Once they're gone, they're gone. It was $11.50, our cost. So we're not making money off of you, Var. I already told you that. So if you can join us, or even if you can't, and you want your soul restored, the Good Shepherd restores our soul. Your soul is your mind, will, and your emotions. And you are only as healthy as your soul is healthy. And so I'll be sharing a whole lot about that. Cindy and I will be doing a podcast. You'll be able to watch, and I'll talk about, and that's on the Chosen on the Chosen podcast. And it'll be released next month. And we'll be talking about this very thing. So even if you can't come, it will be live streamed. And by the way, Chosen will not be live streamed this year, FYI. So you have to be here. Come on. It's time to live again. It's time to live again. I mean, you, you can wear your mask. You can keep distance. You can do whatever makes you comfortable. We fully support you. We fully support you. Whatever you need to make you comfortable. You can go sit on the top row of the balcony. I actually love being up there because I'm a people watcher. And so I just think that's a blast. But today, I just want to share with you something that Jesus did for me. And when I tell you how many there are, you're going to go, oh my goodness, she's never going to let us go, but I'll go through it quickly. Um, It was a while back and I was just sitting in my prayer chair one day. And as I sat there, I heard that song. I didn't, I wasn't even sure it was a song because sometimes I hear things and I'm thinking, is that a song? I'm always texting my daughter, Kelly, is this a song? What's it called? And it was the cross has the final word. And I think we, didn't we do that like Easter before last? But I heard that. I heard the Lord say the cross has the final word. And, and then the Lord asked me, what is that final word? Well, Obviously, the obvious answer is, well, I've gave, given my heart to Jesus. He's my Savior and my Lord, and, and I'm born again. Because when I gave my heart to Jesus, his spirit came and impregnated my spirit with the ever-living being of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, and I became born over again. I was born first from my mother's womb, but my life began when I was born again. And so I'm, I'm uh, so proud of my age. Cause let me tell you something, young people, you cannot make it without us. You know why? We have a whole lot more wisdom than you. There is a wisdom that comes through the years. You will not get any other way. And I minister to a lot of the younger generation. And I'm telling you, Cindy and I love you, but you're a bit of a mess and we can help you navigate the road. And so I always tell the women, I gave my heart to Jesus when I was 20 years old, and that makes me 48 right now. And so I am 48 years old because my life began when I was born again. If you have not given your heart to Jesus Christ, today is your day. It will be the biggest, best decision you have ever made. And yes, it ensures that you will live for all eternity in the realm of God's glory in heaven. But the cross has the final word, also affects the here and the now. And the problem with most believers, because so much of the church out of fear, out of walking by sight instead of by faith, has watered down the word and we've taken our red pen and we've edited the book and we've said it's passed away and we've said there's no more of this because it just makes us feel better and we don't have to use our faith. 
And yes, bad things happen. It's still a fallen world, but where are the sons and daughters of God? When are we going to rise up? When are we going to be who God made us to be? When are we going to lift up our voice and say what is true? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom the Lord has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And so I I sat down and within a matter of a couple of minutes, and I'm not exaggerating, the Holy Spirit began to dictate to me exactly what did Jesus do for you, Sandy Ross. And I'm just going to share scriptures with you. I'll give you a few testimonies. I promise you just had lunch, brunch, but you'll still be out in time to eat some more. (laughs) But what the Lord did for me on that day, I had a lot of religion in me because of my background. And he stripped out the religion. Did you know that Jesus said that tradition makes the word of God void? And on that day, the Holy Spirit began to strip tradition out of my life. I didn't realize how much I had, but so much of what people believe is based on tradition, what has been handed down. And I always tell the story of, I grew up watching my egg, my mother, she hates, oh, she hates eggs. If you tell her something has eggs in it, she won't eat it. And if she bakes a cake, she will eat a cake. But I, I watched her always take those little white things out of the egg. I think it's called a chilada, chilada or ciabatta or something. I know that's bread, chilada, something like that. But you know, you've got your egg white and your egg yolk, and then you've got the little white things. And that, that's actually, I'm told, I've never raised chickens, but I'm told that that's what holds the, the yolk and the white together. If I got it wrong, forgive me. But I, something like that. And I watched her do that. And my sister and I, I mean, it's like, oh, we're not going to eat an egg unless we take that out. I mean, I used to go to restaurants and I would tell the server, could you please take the little white thing? Uh, and they looked at me like I was nuts because that is, that's a bit crazy. But we never knew why. We just did it. And one day we said, mom, why did we take that out? I thought it was poison. I mean, it kind of, I'm not trying to be crass, but it, it looked like sperm. And so that's what I thought it was. And so I said, mom, why do you do that? She said, well, when I was growing up and I was in high school, I heard a bad joke about it. And so I've never been able to eat it since then. But see, tradition. Now, how many of you know that little white thing will not hurt you a bit? It does not change the taste of the egg one bit. But we get these things in our mind and it influences our thinking and our behavior, right? And that's what happens with the word of God. We're influenced by false traditions. So today, may the Lord take that out of your soul and renew your mind. And so I'm going to go through the things the Lord said to me and I'll give you a few examples. What exactly is the final word of the cross? While you're here on earth, while you're still here on earth, And I hope that you will rewatch this on live stream or that you will take notes in your phone or God forbid you should have a pen and paper. I know we don't do that anymore. I just always put it in my phone. But I I remember uh, some years ago, beautiful young woman was dying. She was terminal. And, And I had known her for years. In all the years I knew her, and I'm not, I am not in any way diminishing her. She had given her heart to Jesus. I know she's with the Lord now. But in all the years that I knew her, I never heard one scripture come out of her mouth. Not one scripture. But at the end of her life, she said, Sandy, I just want all that Jesus died to give me. Well, listen, the recipe is the Bible. Yeah. 
The Bible is the blueprint. You can't have all that Jesus died to give you if you're not in the word of God. Because Hosea 4.6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And he's talking about knowledge of the word and the knowledge of God. Jesus is the word. So number one, and this is in no particular order. So don't think that I'm prioritizing because I am not. Number one, because of what Jesus did, we are forgiven. Every debt against us is canceled and a supernatural exchange takes place. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness. He has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son, all of our sins, listen to me, are canceled. And we have the release of redemption through his blood. I am released to be purchased by God, to be his own possession, owned and operated by Jesus Christ to live to the praise of his glory. My sins are canceled. You're going to hear this repeated. God is not, he doesn't have a, a list. Oh, Sandy, why are you confessing? Sandy, look, on March 16th, you did that, and today, on April, what's today? May 11th, you did it again. Do you see what you did? Don't tell me you're, this is what we do. Don't tell me you're sorry, you keep doing it. But in him, our sins are canceled. We have the release of redemption. The word forgive means to cancel the debt. Number two, Colossians 2.14. Our slate is clean, erased, deleted, and it cannot be retrieved. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record. And that old arrest warrant that stood to indict us, he erased it all. Our sins, our stained soul, he deleted it. This is my favorite part. And they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam, which was fallen, has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. A public display of cancellation. Last week during worship in our meeting, if you were there, I heard, I heard the Holy Spirit say, your sins are deleted, they cannot be retrieved. If my people believe that, their prayers would be answered in supernatural ways. And he said, the biggest hindrance to your answered prayers is you are keeping score against yourself. And until you believe your sins are deleted and they cannot be retrieved, there will be an obstacle between you and the throne of grace. And he didn't put it there. You did. I did. Your sins are deleted. They cannot be retrieved. I am, I don't, I'm not techie at all. But I've been told that even after you delete something, a forensic specialist could retrieve it. Well, here's the deal in the spirit realm. There is a forensic specialist. His name is Satan. And he comes to accuse us. We're going to see that in a moment. But on the cross of Jesus Christ, our sins are deleted. They cannot be retrieved. I was raised to always look at a crucifix. You know what a crucifix is? And I'm not knocking. I, Jesus died on the cross for us. I'm not knocking that. But he stayed on the cross in my mind. And I walked and I lived in condemnation and fear and, and God, you're, you, you can't look at me, Lord. 
I, I am a wicked sinner, and I hear people today say that. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, that is a lie. I was a sinner, but I've been saved by grace. I don't deserve it, but he did it for me. And one day, I mean, I was in torment. I was in habitual and continual torment over this. And I was driving on Northwest Military. I'll never forget it. And there was a church, used to be a Baptist church, but it's, I don't know what it is now. But there was a, a cross that was, I don't know how high. It was so high. But it was empty. And I saw that cross and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, the cross is empty. Don't forget it. Your sins cannot be retrieved. And when the accuser comes, I read to you in Colossians 1, I've been delivered from the tyrannical rule of darkness. That means I'm delivered from the tyrant. The word tyrant means cruel, oppressive ruler. Tyranny is cruel and oppressive rule. I have been delivered from cruel, oppressive rule. My sins are deleted. They cannot be retrieved. Praise God for that. I'll always thank him. I have a new DNA. Number three, I am loosed and freed from my sins by his own blood. This is my communion verse. When I take daily, almost daily communion. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful and trustworthy witness, the firstborn of the dead, the first to be brought back to life, the prince, the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who ever loves us and has once and for all loosed and freed us from our sins by his own blood and formed us into a royal race, priest to our God. I am loosed from my sins. I am freed from my sins. Well, then why do I still feel in bondage? Because you are not appropriating the final word. The cross has the final word. This is not just an Easter song, people. It's a song for every day. Ask your Alexa or whatever you have, your Google, to play it for you. Number four, we have a new heart. And what oppressed us was cut away. Colossians 2.11. Through our union with Jesus, we have experienced circumcision of heart. All of the guilt and power of sin has been cut away. And it's now extinct because of what Christ, the anointed one, has accomplished for us. Oh, how I embrace this. My old heart was full of sludge. What does sludge look like? It's gross. It stinks. It was full of sludge, not just the sludge of things I picked up on earth, but the sludge of fear and the sludge of worry and the sludge of condemnation and the sludge of a poor self-identity and self-worth and inadequacy and insecurity. You name it, I had it. And it was sludge. And what does sludge do? It clogs your pipes. But through my union with him, that was cut away. That's why if you haven't been water baptized, you need to come to Summit for baptism and you need to get baptized because that baptism is a literal. When you go under that water, you die. When you are raised, you are raised to walk in newness of life. It is an ordinance. It's not just, you know, a dunking. I got sprinkled as a baby, but when I found it, when I gave my heart to Jesus, I got dunked. Just like the children of Israel went through the Red Sea and they came out a free people. You are, you are dumped in that sea of forgetfulness and you are raised to walk in newness of life. Number five, we are released from what held us captive and we are free from what imprisoned us, including physical infirmity of the soul, of your mind, of your emotions, and of your body. 
I don't know how many of you know who Lou Ingalls is. He's a powerful, powerful man of God. He was recently in Upper Room in Dallas, and he said this, and this is so exciting. He said, the Holy Spirit says this, this, today, not someday, today, it's our Luke 4.18 season. Oh, what does that mean? Well, let me read it to you, and I'll tell you what it means. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sat and sent me to announce release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. He has sent me to set free those who are oppressed. I love this. Downtrodden, bruised, and crushed by tragedy. There are people in this place and listening on live stream that have been crushed by tragedy. Today, the Lord is setting you free from the oppression that tragedy has put upon you in Jesus' name and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the favor of God abound greatly. And Jesus read that himself. And when he wrapped up the scroll, he handed it to the attendant and he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your midst. Today. This... I just happen to get excited. You might notice that. The cross has the final word. Number six, we are redeemed from every curse imposed on us for breaking the law. Now, I would love, 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 love to read all of Deuteronomy 28 to you. The first 14 verses are the blessing promised to Abraham. Then verses 15 through the end of the chapter are all the curses for those who don't obey. Well, the problem is, Everybody breaks the law. And if you break one, you break it all. But Jesus perfectly kept the law for us because he was the last Adam. Let me read to you a few curses. If you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed in the city, in the field, in your basket, in your kneading bowl, in the fruit of your body, your land, your increase. Cursed when you come in, cursed when you go out. The Lord will send curses. Here you go. Confusion. Oh, that's a curse. God is not the author of confusion. Rebuke in every enterprise until you are destroyed because of the evil of your doings by which you have forsaken me. The Lord will smite you with consumption, with fever, inflammation. You know that inflammation is a major cause of disease. How many of you know that? Fiery heat, sore, drought, blasting, mildew. They'll pursue you till you perish. The heavens over your head will be brass. What does that mean? The heavens closed. The Lord will cause you to be struck down before your enemies. You'll go out against them one way, flee before them seven ways. He'll smite you with the boils of Egypt, with tumors, the scurvy, the itch from which you cannot be healed. The Lord will smite you with madness and blindness and dismay of mind and heart. How many of you want to sign up? Your sons and daughters will be given to another people. Your eyes will look and fell with longing for them all day. And there will be no power in your hands to prevent that. You'll sow much, you'll gather little. You'll have sons and daughters and you won't enjoy them. They'll go into captivity. It depresses me reading this. He'll bring upon you all the diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid and they'll cling to you. And every sickness and every affliction not written in the book of the law, the Lord will bring upon you till you are destroyed and your life will hang in doubt before you. In the morning, you'll say, I wish it were evening. In the evening, you'll say, I wish it were morning. This is bad news, people. But I have good news for you today. The cross has the final word. 
And Galatians 3.13 says Christ purchased our freedom. He redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. That through Jesus Christ, the blessing of Abraham will come upon us. I don't know how many of you have ever heard of Lillian B. Yeoman. She was a medical doctor who grabbed hold of that scripture. And she opened a house. I have her books. One of them is called Balm of Gilead. She opened her house and she had terminally ill people come in her house. And they would name their disease, whether it was diabetes, whether it was cancer, whatever it was. And every waking moment, they were to walk around and they would say, let's just pick cancer. They would say, according to Deuteronomy 28, 60 and 61, tumors are a curse of the law. But according to Galatians 3.13, Christ purchased my freedom and he redeemed me from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for me. Therefore, I no longer have a tumor in my body. And let me tell you something. She had a cure rate that no man could have. Almost, I think it was 98%, almost 100% of people were healed from whatever disease afflicted them because they got hold of the redeeming, redeeming power of the blood of Jesus. And you can do that too. If I have a symptom in my body, I will immediately start. According to Deuteronomy 28, 60 and 61, every sickness is a curse of the law. According to Galatians 3, 13, Jesus purchased my freedom. Oh, but I don't eat right. Well, I do, but, but maybe that's what you say. Maybe I don't eat right and maybe I don't take care of my body. And oh, my woe is me. And I had the whole pie last night and then I topped it off with, a bottle of wine and I, whatever. I don't deserve it. You know what? You can have the most clean diet in the world and you still don't deserve it. It's Jesus Christ. It's the power of the blood of Jesus. My grandmother went to heaven at 96 years old. She was never sick a day in her life. The only time she was in the hospital is when she had cataracts removed. And in those days, you had to go in the hospital to do that. And I think she smoked Lucky Strike until she was 88 years old, unfiltered. And the only reason she stopped is because my aunts took it away from her because she just got tired of waiting for an ashtray. And so when she finished smoking, she just put the cigarette wherever she was. They said, Mama, you're going to burn down the house. They took her cigarettes away and she never smoked again. 88 years old, went to sleep at 96, ended in heaven. She was Greek Orthodox and she read the, the Septuagint. You know what the Septuagint is? It's the Bible in Greek which is what it was written in, in the New Testament. She would read the Septuagint. And they, she didn't let anything bother her. I've often told the story of, and she ate whatever she wanted. Her favorite thing was coconut cake. She ate coconut cake, smoked Lucky Strike, and got mad at you if you didn't join her. And I always tell the story when I teach forgiveness that uh, my uncle left my Aunt Juliet after 25 years of marriage for her best friend. And one day he called, and those days you called your in-laws mama and daddy. I mean, I don't think people do that much anymore. But he said, mama, could you just put my clothes on the front porch? And so she got a pair of scissors, cut them in shreds, put them in a bag, and left them on the front porch. I mean, she knew how to deal with it. Never had a trace of unforgiveness. I don't know why I told that story, because I like it, that's why. 
All right. I want to read that to you from uh, the Passion because this just excites me. Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed the curse completely as he became a curse in our place. He dissolved the curse from our lives so that in him all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon the Gentiles. Those two words, dissolved and absorbed. If you have sickness in your body, you can believe Jesus to dissolve it and absorb it because that's what his sacrifice did. Hallelujah. Listen, you might think I'm crazy. I am crazy enough to believe this is true. And I'm glad. Number seven, we have been made in right standing with God through the great exchange. He made Christ who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that in him we would become the righteousness of God, acceptable to him, placed in right relationship with him by his gracious loving kindness. See, I can be secure and confident. I'm made in right standing with God so I can boldly come to the throne of grace, not on my own worth. Do you know what worthy means? It means worth it. And I'm here to tell you, in a few months, I'll be 68 years old. I am worth it. And I want you to say that right now. I am worth it. And it's because of what Jesus did, not because of anything I've done. Number eight, praise God, I have a clean conscience. This was my biggest struggle. I would come with the promises of God, but my conscience condemned me. I bet if I asked for a show of hands, I'd see a lot of them. And I would think I had to sit there for hours till I could Think of every sin I'd ever committed. The church I was raised in, you had to go appear before man and confess your sins. And I'm not knocking any denomination. You know, in heaven, there are no denominations. You're either a Christian or you're not. You're a believer or you're not. Christian means little Christ. There's no Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, Protestant, none of it. Not even Jew, because we are one. God is going to make Jew and Greek one new man. And so, so I, I was a little girl, six, seven years old, and I would have to go in and I didn't know there was one mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. And I would go in and I would make up sins because I didn't know what to say. So I would say, I stole something. I would say, I would just make up sins. So I'd kneel right there and lie my head off. And I don't think I ever confessed lying. But I, I mean, I, ha I made myself have a guilty conscience. And I kept it too. But guess what? Here's the good news. Not anymore. Hebrews 10, 22. Let us come forward with a true heart in unqualified assurance, having our hearts sprinkled and purified from a guilty, evil conscience. The blood of Jesus has sprinkled my heart. I am not guilty anymore. 1 John 1, 7 and 9. If we're living in the light as he is in the light, we have unbroken fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin and guilt. Keeps us cleansed from sin in all of its forms and manifestations. And here's my favorite part. Verse 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here you go. Everything not in conformity to his will, in purpose, thought, and action. Thank you, Jesus. When I take communion, I just say, Lord, I just thank you that I am forgiven from everything that does not conform to your will in purpose, thought, and action. Because I'm telling you, I do everything in my power to never deliberately sin. But sometimes you miss the mark. Sometimes you say something, right? And you go, oh, God, I shouldn't have said that. I didn't mean to. Or, Lord, I didn't mean to have that attitude. What happened? You missed the mark. 
That's what the word sin means, missing the mark. But if you confess that, he'll cleanse you from what you know and what you don't know. I'm just, I just can't tell you how excited I am about what Jesus did for me. Number nine, I'm justified, which means just as if I'd never sinned. Romans 3, 23. Since we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, we are now being justified. We are being justified and declared free of guilt, of sin, and made acceptable to God as a gift of his grace through the redemption which is provided in Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 9, since we are now being justified, declared free from the guilt of sin by his blood, how much more certain it is we will be saved from the wrath of God through him. See, this is why I don't believe, and I'm not one of these, okay, let's all do the book of Revelation, because I'm, sure I'm pretty sure I'd mess it up. But I do know this. I do know I'm not going to be here for the great tribulation. And if you're in Christ, you won't be either. You know why? Because the great tribulation is the wrath of God. And I just read to you that through the blood of Jesus, I'm redeemed from the wrath of God. So believers will not experience the wrath of God. And that's how I know. And that's Bible 101. You're welcome. <laughs> number 11. Oh, number 10. When I died, when he died, I died. Romans 5, 10. While we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son. And something greater than friendship is ours. This just excites me. The cross has the final word. I'm a friend of God. I'm justified. I'm redeemed. I'm reconciled to God. I am guilt-free. My heart is sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. People, you've got to get excited about this. I can walk free. I can hold my head up high. The curse has no power over my life. But if you're going to walk around ignorant... That's what you get. When people speak curses on themselves, I've just gotten to where I, I just go, well, if you say so. I did it the other day. I don't even know what I said. And I think one of my daughters looked at me and said, well, if you say so. I started laughing because I know better. Watch your words. Check yourself. If you mess up, stop right there. Just stop right there and go, no, you know what? I repent of that. That's not true. It's a process of renewing your mind. Randy and I both came from pretty, um, a lot of baggage, messed up. But God gave me a promise in Isaiah 51.3. He said, I will make your wilderness like Eden and your desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in you. Thanksgiving in the voice of a song. And he has done that. My life is like Eden. I don't live, we don't live in strife. We don't live in turmoil. We don't live in hatred. We don't live in bickering. I mean, we just don't. We made a choice. We made a decision. That's why in our marriage group, I mean, we've been doing it for almost 30 years because we made a decision. We're not going to judge how we grew up, but we're just going to do it different. And that's what you do. So when he died, I died. Ephesians 2, 5, and 6, even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. And he raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly places. That's wow to me. Number 12, we are restored to God's original intent. Colossians 1, 20 and, and 23, by the blood of his cross, here you go, Everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent. 
and restore to innocence again. That just thrills me. I'm brought back to his original intent. Even though you were once distant and you lived in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he re reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you. And now there is nothing between you and the Father for God, listen, he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored if you continue in the faith. If you continue. You and I have a part. And number 13, we overcome by the blood of the lamb. This is my victory verse. I heard a strong voice in heaven. Now it has come. The salvation, the kingdom, and the power, and the dominion of our Christ, the authority of our Christ. For the accuser of our brethren has been cast down, who accuses us before God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and by not loving their life even to the death. You know what is so phenomenal about this? The accuser is still very active, but his only weapon against you and me is the deception of accusation. And if he can get us to buy, we're a, a worthless sinner, you're nothing, all the wrong you've done has brought this on you, you deserve it. I had someone one time that just couldn't forgive themselves. And I was just praying, I just inside of me, Lord, I don't know what to say to this person, they they're so condemning themselves. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, just ask them one four-word question. And so I said, I just have a question of four words to ask you. Is the blood enough? And they stopped and looked at me and said, yes. And I said, then you're not condemned. Is the blood enough? I don't have time to go in the story of my friend, Margie Palm, who was abducted by a serial rapist and killer on the FBI's most wanted list. At the end of the day, she led him to Jesus. He went to prison. He was given the death sentence. Led many people to Christ in prison. Oh, but he didn't deserve it. Well, do you? Do I? Did it make up for what he did know? Did it justify what he didn't know? But that's how big forgiveness is. And for his last meal, he took the Lord's Supper. A nationally known minister was there at the execution. And he said to this man, Stephen Peter Moran was his name, don't let them take your life, you give it. He said, I want you to signal me when you give up your spirit. And right before they put in the lethal injection, he looked over at the minister because he's tied down and he just did thumbs up. He was so loved in prison that they wanted to give him a stay of execution. He wouldn't take it. He said, my work here is finished. My work here is finished. Because the blood of the lamb overcomes accusation. It doesn't justify anything we've done. But the blood of Jesus justifies us before the Father. And you and I don't understand that. We just receive it. Number 14, the destroyer does not touch us. Hebrews eleven twenty eight. By faith, Moses instituted and carried out the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood on the doorposts so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch those of the children of Israel. I always like to say, Lord, I just thank you that we are the untouchables. First John 5, 18, we are begotten of God and the wicked one touches us not. Oh, but you don't know what's happened to me. Well, I know what's happened to me. It doesn't negate the word of God. It does not negate the warrior spirit in me. I am a warrior woman and so should you be.
or warrior man. First Corinthians 5, 7, Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. And finally, the final word. There is so much more, but this sums it up. Titus 3, 4 through 8. When the extraordinary compassion of God our Savior and his overpowering love suddenly appeared in person as the brightness of a dawning day, he came to save us, not because of any virtuous deed we have done, only because of his extravagant mercy. He saved us. He resurrected us through the washing of rebirth. We are made completely new by the Holy Spirit, whom he splashed over us richly by Jesus, the Messiah, the life giver. So as a gift of his love, we are faultless and innocent before his face. And now, now, say now, we have become heirs of all things, all because of an overflowing hope of eternal life. How true and faithful this message is. What are you waiting for? Did you know 2 Corinthians in, in Isaiah 49, 8? It says today is the day of salvation. And in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, the apostle Paul said today, not someday, Amen. today is the day of our salvation. I'm going to close with one scripture. I was talking to someone the other day who's a PhD in Greek and in Hebrew. And he looked at me and he quoted Isaiah 53.10. And it went through me like nothing ever has. He said, did you know it says that it pleased the Lord to crush him? I started crying. It pleased the Lord to crush Jesus. Why? Because he wanted to bring you and me to glory. If it pleased the Lord to crush his son so that you and I could walk victoriously and occupy till he comes. Occupy till he comes. Not all I'll fly away, oh glory. Not someday, today. Be salt, be light, be hope, be joy. Be a bringer of the good news that I've shared with you today. Please the Lord to crush him for you and for me. So I want to just pray. Lord, I just pray that all the benefits of your cross, everything that you did, when you shed your blood for me and for them, would come to fruition in our lives. And thank you that it pleased you to crush Jesus for our sake in bringing many sons to glory and help us to rise up as the deliverers, those who bring hope into our world. I pray for everyone in my hearing, Lord, that whatever is oppressing them this day would be lifted. In Jesus' name, because that's your will, I speak shalom, wholeness, over every single one, soundness in their emotions, in their thoughts, in their actions, and health in their bodies. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. I hope to see you June 1st. We're going to get weller and weller, better and better. I just want to tell you one quick thing. There was a man in Africa... And uh, I heard this 
well, someone tell it firsthand. And he was very, very sick. He was dying. But every time someone saw him, they would say, how you doing? He'd go better and better. Every day he'd go on better and better. And you know what? He got totally well. Watch your words. You're going to get better and better in Jesus' name.